Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We heard yesterday how Paul stayed for three months in Ephesus, and that was until he went to the synagogue where there was more trouble. But it's at that point that uh, he then started to meet away from the synagogue, away from the centre activity of the Jewish people there, and met in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And he stayed there for a further two years, Jews and Gentiles meeting together. And God worked amazing miracles through Paul, we read in uh, verse 11. When handkerchiefs or cloths that he had touched were laid on the sick, they were healed of their diseases and set free from demonic oppression. Um, Interesting, isn't it? You see, this is the power of the anointing, isn't it, that was operating at that time. Some Jewish teachers who traveled from place to place tried to use the name of Jesus to drive out evil spirits. They said such things, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. The seven sons of Sceva, the Jewish high priest, tried this. One day an evil spirit answered back, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you to command me? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them and overpowered all seven. They were attacked so violently that they fled naked from the house with their wounds bleeding. Now that shows how powerful evil spirits can be when they really do take over and possess somebody. Uh, so, you know, we need to know what we're doing if, when we address these things. Uh, of course, God gives us authority in the name of Jesus over these evil spirits. But this passage is very important to show that that is not a formula. You see, if you're going to use the name of Jesus against evil spirits, You are exercising his authority. You are commanding them. But the essential thing is that you expect to be believed and obeyed because you are acting in the name of Jesus. That means on behalf of Jesus. You are acting in obedience, if you like, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're not just using his name, hoping that as a kind of formula, it's going to work and and do the job. In other words, it's a matter of faith that the authority that we have over these demonic powers comes out of the faith that we have in Jesus. Then we continue to read in verse 17, when both the Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus heard of this, the fear of God came on them and they highly honored the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, that's a pretty good um, Uh, way for the fear of God to come on people when things like that were happening. Just like when Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead, you know, the fear of God came upon the church. And we don't want things like that to happen today in order for the fear of God to come upon the church, but we do need the fear of God to come upon the church because there won't be fear of the Lord, the honoring of God, being in awe of who he is in the world if there isn't that kind of fear and awe of God in the church. So as a result, many of the believers were moved to confess their sins openly because that's what happens. When the fear of God comes upon people, they begin to repent. Those who had been involved with occult practices brought their books of so-called magic and burned them publicly. The scrolls that were destroyed were reckoned to be worth a fortune. 
and the Greek is very clear about that. These manuscripts and books that were burnt were, were really worth a lot of money. They were considered very valuable. Now, you know, these books of magic, of spells, of, of uh, remedies, occult remedies and things like that, you see, were thought to have such impact upon people's lives that they were rare and valuable, but useless, because actually they brought people into bondage, not into freedom. And so as people who had been involved in these occult practices uh, became believers, then they immediately burnt all the uh, not all these books and manuscripts and everything else, all the paraphernalia that went with the occult. They would have stripped their houses of anything that had any contact with the occult because ultimately the occult is is worshipping the enemy, you know, the devil and demonic powers, not the power of the Holy Spirit. So therefore very important not to have anything in your house that is... Uh... Absolutely. Demonic. I was speaking um, just the other day and saying that, uh, you know, when I uh, minister in places like Singapore to predominantly Chinese, um, people of Chinese background uh, who are involved in the Chinese ancestor worship, that um, the pastors and other believers, if they brought someone to a meeting and they got saved, they would take, they would go back with them to their home that same night after the meeting to remove the idols and the altars and so on from their homes. And um, they would strip the, that, that night, they wouldn't let them go to bed till they cleared their house of anything and everything that had to do with the enemy. They were starting a brand new life right from the beginning. And of course, that often produced further evangelistic opportunities for members of the family. Um, who had not been at the meeting, so they went and preached the gospel, and their their newly saved children would say, "Well, this is why, uh, you know, we're turning away from from all these things now." So, very interesting to clear out the old, have nothing to do uh, with these things anymore. And what's the result? Well, we read in verse twenty of chapter nineteen. So God's word was spread more and more widely, and became increasingly influential and powerful in its effect. Later, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, taking the route through Macedonia and Asia. After I have been to Jerusalem, I must visit Rome, he said. He sent two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, while he spent a further short period in Asia. Uh, now, Paul has been visiting uh, the apostolic center regularly in Antioch, we've seen, but he hasn't been to Jerusalem for some years. So now he decides, presumably under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that he must visit Jerusalem. He's got this desire to go to Rome, which of course was the capital city of the empire. Uh, and um, he does of course end his life there, as, as we know. But uh, all that is to happen some years in the future as yet. We read in verse 23, it was around this time that a great controversy arose concerning the way. Remember, that's the name by which Christians were known, followers of the way. Demetrius was a silversmith who made silver shrines of the goddess Artemis, a business that involved several craftsmen. 
Now, of course, there was a lot of money around the occult and all the false religions. Uh, we saw the other day how uh, Paul cast the demon out of the girl that was being used to tell people's fortunes and all the controversy that that created. So he called them and workers in other related trades together and said, fellow workers, you know we prosper financially from this business, but you have both seen for yourselves and have heard of how this man Paul has persuaded large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in nearly the whole province of Asia to depart from the worship of the gods. He says that man-made gods are not gods at all, our trade is in great danger and will lose its good reputation. Even the temple of the great goddess Artemis will become discredited and the goddess herself who is worshipped not only in Asia but throughout the world will be robbed of her divine honor. These words so angered them that they began shouting, Artemis of the Ephesians is great. It was not long before the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, who had traveled with Paul from Macedonia, and dragged them to the theater. Paul wanted to address the crowd, but the other disciples wouldn't allow him to do so. Even some of their own provincial officials, as well as their friends, sent Paul a message imploring him not to go near the theater. Obviously, the whole situation was very, very volatile. The crowd there was in complete confusion, shouting contradictory things. Most did not even know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander forward to be their spokesman, wanting him to explain their position. He called for silence so that he could defend their cause. But when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they shouted for two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Finally, the city clerk managed to quieten the crowd and said, People of Ephesus! The whole world knows that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell from heaven. This fact is undeniable, so you ought to be quiet and not take matters into your own hands. These men who have been brought here have neither robbed our temples, nor have they blasphemed our goddess. So if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have some charge to bring against anyone, the courts are available and there are proconsuls to judge such matters. That is the right way to press charges. If there are any other matters of dispute, they must be settled according to our legal system. As it is, we are in danger of being charged ourselves. Because of what has happened today, we could be charged with causing a riot. If that was the case, we could give no adequate explanation for all this commotion, for there is no reason for it. Then he dismissed the crowd. Now, the important thing for us to gain from all of this is that Paul did not preach against things he preached for the truth and that is a very very important principle for all of us especially those of us who preach today if you preach for the gospel if you preach for christ if you preach the truth people will see what is not the truth and what contradicts the truth for themselves and therefore they will turn away from the things that oppose the truth and will adopt the truth. When you preach against things, people just become defensive and try to defend their positions. So Paul in his wisdom had not been preaching against Artemis, he'd just been preaching the truth. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 